Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. Yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You can email me your thoughts, questions, opinions, feedback. Adoration and praise also accepted. Again, the email Todd at com. You know, one of the strategies of the radical left, now that they are in a position of power, is to redefine virtually everything. They want to redefine everything. And I'm going to go through um, kind of a list today of what they're trying to redefine, how they're trying to redefine that, and how that matters, why that matters. So you know this from, I think, just in general. I mean, in in general, you've seen things um, that have been redefined over the course of... This has always been the case, but it's really been ramped up here in recent years. They are redefining things like gender. They are redefining things like, um, yes, well, I had a conversation yesterday. I'll air it uh, tomorrow. A conversation with Matt Lamb, assistant editor of the College Fix, who fills us in on things happening with uh, you know, college campuses and things happening in the media. And one of the things being reported by CBS, which we'll talk about you know, here tomorrow, is a, uh, a story that reports an increase in hate crimes on against Asian Americans, which is terrible. Hate crime, crime, hate crime, harming another individual. This also go without saying is a terrible thing. But what they've done is there's a website, and I don't want to give away too much of what he shares, but there's a website where Asian Americans, or I guess anyone, can anonymously report or uh, share what they call incidents of uh, bigotry or, I don't know, just not treating people well. And that's the number they use to say that that's the number of hate crime victims, which ignoring someone while not a very nice thing to do or what have you, and it may or may not have to do with who knows why the person ignored another person, but something like that, which is counted as a an incident, is not synonymous with a hate crime. Anyway... One of the things the left is trying to redefine today is infrastructure. Infrastructure. You know, you and I would think of infrastructure as things like roads, bridges, um, 
things along those lines, right? The maybe ports, things like that. Kirsten Gillibrand, a radical leftist senator from the state of New York, texted out or tweeted out, excuse me, the following the following tweet. Paid leave is infrastructure. Child care is infrastructure. Caregiving is infrastructure. This I'm looking at an article on Breitbart. And so they're trying to redefine what constitutes infrastructure because why? Well, because it's convenient because they are trying to pass a bill that's deemed infrastructure. Now, Ted Cruz responded with a tweet that I thought is absolutely brilliant. This was actually just yesterday too, by the way. He tweets this. Abortion is infrastructure. Gun control is infrastructure. Forced unionization is infrastructure. Whatever the left wants is infrastructure. You know what's not? Roads and bridges. (laughs) Only 5% of Biden's, quote, infrastructure bill is roads and bridges. Someone else tweeted out, John Cardillo tweeted this out, gummy bears are infrastructure, stuffed unicorns <laughs> are infrastructure, scented candles are infrastructure. And this, I guess, is the point. So if you can't get a bill passed, or if you're having trouble getting a bill passed, of course, what do they turn to? They turn to budget reconciliation. By the way, talking about budget reconciliation leads us to something else the left wants to redefine, and that is how uh, how they're going to use budget re- uh, reconciliation potentially to stuff the courts with radical leftist judges, which we can touch on that as well. But again, the idea here is to redefine things. It reminds me of when I was in college. I remember this pretty well. This was, again, from 20 years ago, 22 years ago. I was in a debate with one of our, one of my classmates at American University. I attended Butler, but I was part of a semester exchange program, and I went to uh, to American University. It was a pre-law sort of program, and we were. It was called the Justice Seminar, and students from all over the the country, colleges from all over America, um, came to Washington, came to American University to do this program, and. We were having some lively debate on this particular day. It was about abortion. And I remember in particular one of the students when we were debating abortion, she said to me, you're just anti-choice. And typically what Republicans do or conservatives do, I want to pause. I, I don't really consider myself a Republican. I'm a conservative. There's a lot of things about the Republican Party that candidly concern and bother me, uh, but not when it embraces and follows conservative principles and values. It's, it's more in, pra- in practice of what I see uh, individual Republicans sometimes doing, uh, not being conservative enough or being too scared and scared of their own shadow in some cases, not principled. Anyway, instead of instead of doing what was typically the case, which is playing defense and saying that I'm, you know, oh, I'm not pro 
anti-choice and all this sort of stuff, I simply paused and looked at her and said, I tell you what, I'll allow you to call me anti-choice when you allow me to call you anti-life. And she paused. She didn't really know what to say because they've never had to play defense. They've never had to respond because they throw out allegations, conservatives, well-meaning people, the respond it changes the, the the debate and now we're operating under under different terms suddenly instead of being pro-life you're anti-choice now if you go into a debate and you're allowed to be branded as anti-choice here's the pro-choice person and here's the anti-choice person just from the starting blocks do you think that that is a fair and equitable starting position in a debate in an argument in a disagreement Is that a fair assessment? This happens to conservatives constantly. They're, I don't want to say victimized because we have control over this, but the left plays offense and we play, well, we're always on defense. Always on defense. And so Gillibrand's out there saying on the offense that all these other Democratic wish list items are part of infrastructure. And why not? Why not? Rush Limbaugh used to say words mean things. He's absolutely right, by the way. Words do mean things. There's Actually, believe it or not, there's a thing called a dictionary. Now, I know in today's world, dictionaries don't exist necessarily in the same way they did when I was a kid. Right? We used to have a printed dictionary, and you could flip through. It's alphabetized. You had to know how to spell things and how to put things in alphabetical order, and you'd find the word, and you could see what that word actually meant as defined in the dictionary. Today, there are online dictionaries. You can just type in whatever word that you want, and then you can see what they mean, and I'm not criticizing that per se, but I am saying this. Definitions have changed. In fact, there was a word. I'll see. It may, it may come to me. There was something... There was something that one of the uh, dictionaries changed the definition of recently. And I'm drawing a blank as to what it was. Something pretty egregious. Anyway, this is, if they don't like what a word means, or if it's used in a certain way, and people don't entirely understand the totality of the definition, they'll, they'll change the definition, as is the case with infrastructure. Infrastructure is supposed to mean bridges and highways, ports and railroads, and that sort of thing. It's not complicated. It's not meant to include paid leave. It's not meant to include child care. It's not meant to include caregiving. Where does this stop? Where does it stop? For the left, it doesn't. And it doesn't have to because the media will tell you how Kirsten Gillibrand is really probably right. Infrastructure is so much more than just roads and bridges. These things are fundamentally important to our nation. They're fundamentally important to to America building back better. You think that stupid saying, that stupid campaign thing that Biden used, build back better, doesn't have anything to do with this? They can't use that to say, well, see, Biden was talking about infrastructure, and Biden was talking about building back better, and Biden was talking about how we're going to remake America so that it's fairer for everybody. This is all infrastructure, Right. Suddenly, we have all these things crammed into a bill that the Senate parliamentarian, if the Senate parliamentarian rules that infrastructure can be passed with budget reconciliation, and if Kirsten Gillibrand has her way, 
and says all these other things are part of infrastructure, then can you see how can you see how it's problematic and causes an issue with what is going to be forced upon the American people as part of the radical left's agenda under a so-called infrastructure plan, which as Ted Cruz points out, has only 5% of its bill that has been allocated for roads and bridges. Incredible. Up is down, black is white, day is night, whatever you want up. just Everything is turned on its head. Everything is turned on its head. And it's candidly... Candidly, to tie this together with, with something we touched on yesterday and what I wrote about in the newsletter this week, it's all because there's a war on truth. It's all because there is a war on truth. When there's a war on truth and truth doesn't exist or truth is suddenly your truth and my truth or truth is suddenly suddenly something that is not uh, just an objective thing when it's not absolute. And I'm, not everything falls into the category of an absolute truth, but there certainly are things. Relativism takes over. Everything is subjective. Nothing means anything. Words don't mean anything. It's a confusing culture. It's It's at the root of why we have all these conflicting emotions running through liberalism. We're supposed to ban... Or boycott one group one day, praise them in one sentence, and then, again, with the the example of Major League Baseball, got to move. Ah, Georgia's got a terrible election law. They're trying to engage in voter suppression. By the way, from this moment forward, any piece of legislation that Democrats introduce regarding elections or voting, it will be hereby referred to on this program as a voter fraud a piece of voter fraud legislation. That's what they did to Republican legislation. It's voter suppression. They've got some count going. I'll read you an email I got from the radicals. Again, an email list that my buddies have signed me up for. I've stayed on those email lists because I like to see some of the craziness that's going on out there. But they redefine everything. Words are meant in their lexicon to mean something different so as to persuade the American people. They know that they cannot simply hold a light of truth and attract people to the truth of what they're saying. Instead, they have to trick, manipulate, and confuse people. This is what they do. This is all that they've got. But it can be a powerful force when the truth is not being seen, communicated, proclaimed loudly enough and effectively enough. Truth will win the day. But it does have to have a chance, a platform, a way in which it can be communicated. And right now, I don't know where that is. Talk radio? I would say yes. Certain slivers of, you know, maybe groups in the media, other groups that are out there trying to communicate? Yes. But when it comes to the big bully pulpit, the professional deceivers in the media have control still, which is remarkable given a a fragmented, uh, you know, there's no longer just the three networks and everybody has to tune into those. You've got online stuff and so many channels of, of television and all these things, blogs and so forth, but they still yet have found a way to kind of have a monopoly 
on opinion out there. Anyway, timeout's necessary. More on this when we get back. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in a minute. My friends, by the way, by the way, if you have been, if you're one that watches on social media, I've got that up and running here this morning, had a little delay in getting that done. So been talking here this morning about how the left wants to redefine everything. Oh, by the way, I should mention too, this program is brought to you in part by our friends at iSellHealth, iSellHealth.com. You can get a pro-life health plan that can help you save up to 60%. You can go to any doctor, any hospital, any time. Give Eric a call, 888-448. And, of course, my screen goes blank. Icellhealth.com, 888-448-5370. 888-448-5370. So, Let's get back into this conversation on all of the ways that the left is trying to – not all of the ways, just some of the ways the left is trying to redefine things to get things done. We talked about Kirsten Gillibrand's tweet that's trying to redefine what infrastructure is. It reminds me of Bill Clinton back in – what was it, 1990 – whenever the Monica Lewinsky thing was, 96, 97. It all depends on what your definition of is is. And then there were – Folks, there were then at that point in time, at that point in time, there was reports in the media about how lying was actually a good sign of mental health, how it was necessary at times. It was something that you know people had to do for the benefit of whatever, the relationship or the country in the case of, of President Bill Clinton. This is the sort of stuff the media jumps on board. doesn't matter what reality tells us. It doesn't matter what right and wrong tell us the fact they want to reject those things or completely completely redefine them consider this i got this email from my radical friends in the national democratic redistricting committee which that's something that you know i've been thinking about talking about this for a long long time but every morning when i get into the news cycle i've i I mean i'm talking for many months i've wanted to talk about gerrymandering and um, the just the, this fight over what, uh, who's going to draw the lines of districts and so forth because Democrats can't win state houses. They can't win state legislatures, and so state legislatures draw maps. So then, of course, anything that they draw will be deemed uh, a gerrymandered district. Now, I'm not saying there's no issues with gerrymandering, but their solution is to have some sort of a <laughs> nonpartisan commission which makes me even chuckle to think about that. Nonpartisan just means people who are leftists who pretend like they're you know moderates. That's what that means. <laughs> it means it means they they pretend to be apolitical but they are covert operatives for the Democrat party. That's really what that means. Anyway, I get this email. Get this email National Democratic Redistricting Committee. And the the Subject line of the email says this, Texas, and then it's got in parentheses 49, comma, Georgia, in parentheses 25, 
and Arizona, in parentheses, 23. Here are the facts, friend. Facts. This guy wouldn't know a fact if it smacked him up the side of the head, but he writes this anyway. Texas, Georgia, and Arizona have introduced nearly 100 voter suppression bills between them. So any law designed to defend the integrity of our elections, to make them more secure, to define things. In some cases, these states, my friends, have changed the rules because their governors or secretaries of state or whoever, courts, have said you have to do X, Y, and Z because of COVID. Why not? Because of COVID, we have to do whatever anybody wants. we got to make sure that we allow votes to come in weeks Weeks later, this is absurd. Folks, everyone, I can point to the election day on the calendar for 2022, 2024, 26, 28. I mean, 2128. We can find on the calendar what day that is. If you don't have your stuff together and you can't vote given the Access to early voting in person, access to mail-in voting, absentee ballots in, in some states, in many states, but some have more have looser rules than others. If you cannot find a way to vote when you literally have weeks to do it, then dare I say you're not really that serious about doing it. Dare I dare I say that, but Any bill that Republicans pass that's designed to take care of some of these holes in security or the things that um, were implemented by secretaries of state and by others in positions of power, others in the executive branch, governors or state legislators, not state legislators, courts, I should say, any law that's designed to... Um, prevent more problems from happening or defining what's going on are deemed by the left as voter suppression bills. And so that is why from this moment forward on this program, any law the Democrats introduce regarding elections, we're going to call voter fraud law, voter fraud bill. Why not? They want to redefine what words mean they want to misapply words and uh, define things as something that they're really not i do it just to make a point not because i'm trying to change definitions like they are but to illustrate what they do and candidly how effective they are at doing it so any law republican state legislatures try to introduce is suddenly deemed a voter suppression bill. That's what it is. That's what they say it is. Of course, that's not what it is. Just like the law in Atlanta or in Georgia is not a bill designed to suppress the vote. Likewise, neither are these other bills being introduced. They are bills that are designed to run elections as states seem uh, deem fit and desire to do. They want to clearly lay out what those are, and they want to address the holes and problems and weaknesses in the election process. And that should be commended, not ridiculed and torn apart. 
So if Republicans only pass voter suppression bills or introduce voter suppression bills, then Democrats only introduce voter fraud bills. And I've got to take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Something else here the radical left is trying to do to change America, fundamentally change America. We've got this infrastructure bill. Pete Boot Edge Edge actually made a claim. <laughs> this is one that I really enjoy. This is on, I saw this on Bongino.com. The, <laughs> oh, I tell you what, they're just not good with math. They don't understand numbers. They don't. I know Andrew Yang tried to say that he did understand math. He clearly uh, has some issues with um, with uh, understanding that as it pertains to, say, his uh, universal basic income, UBI, how that's somehow um, a good and appropriate thing to do. But anyhow, Bongino.com says this. The Biden administration is already – over promising on this infrastructure package. Remember, infrastructure now includes whatever leftist dream item that they want to throw into infrastructure. 5%, Ted Cruz says, of the infrastructure bill actually has to do with roads and bridges. 95% has something to do not with infrastructure is another way to look at that. So in this bill, that 5% plus whatever other liberal payback or liberal fantasy project here that can be thrown into this bill, Pete Buttigieg says will create (laughs) – he has since gone back and fixed this, corrected himself. But he said it was going to create 19 million jobs. 19 million jobs. As Bongino points out here, it says a sum that's equal to roughly 12% of the entire U.S. labor force. (laughs) 19 but why not just throw it out there just say whatever you want because to the left numbers don't mean anything words don't mean anything truth doesn't exist they're at constant they're at a constant they're at constant war with truth they don't like the realities of this world they don't like what history teaches us they don't like what truth teaches us they don't like what morality teaches us they don't like these things they want to be at war with them they want to do away with these things particularly they'd love to do away the radical left would love to do away with this concept of the moral law and it bothers the heck out of them that as much as they deny it they still feel inside the same inclinations they try to beat those inclinations away they try to ignore them but yet they remain the conscience is a powerful thing C.S. Lewis and Mere Christianity has a lot to say about that. Anyway, 19 million jobs. Why not? Who cares? If you're going to lie, just I think you should just make it as bombastic and over-the-top as possible, right? Isn't that what they've actually recommended as well? If you're going to tell a lie, don't just tell a little one. Make it, make it so big and so grandiose that People would say, well, he couldn't possibly make that up. That's even too big of a claim to make up. Make it count. 
19 million jobs. Again, he's, he's since, I think, corrected this. Anyway, that's another thing they do. Just throw numbers around, throw things around that are not based in reality, that have no, they have nothing to do with anything in the real world. What about this? We have a vice president, Kamala Harris, who's probably laughing herself silly right now, as she normally does when asked about these things. But instead of being at the border, she's she's supposed to be running and dealing with the border crisis. I'm looking right now at this moment on Fox News at this mess, this disaster we have, this unmitigated disaster that has been ushered in, has been brought upon us because of Joseph R. Biden and Kamala Harris and the radical left. They own this. This is reprehensible, what is happening on the southern border and their policies and their statements and their positions and their ideas are what have led to this. It is a mess. Uh, It is absolutely disastrous. And, and awful what we're dealing with on the southern border. Kamala Harris is supposed to be is supposed to be in charge of this. The borders are whatever stupid name they've given her for this. She's supposed to be down there dealing with this, fixing this and so forth, but she's not. Instead, she's having pieces of cake <laughs> in Chicago. Now, I did see yesterday on Fox somebody said every state is a border state which is true in the sense that illegal immigration affects every state, which, which was his point. But it's not technically a border state. That was used as a kind of a uh, verbal, I don't know, a, a, a tool to make a broader point, which is just because you're a state that's not on the border doesn't mean illegal immigration is not impacting your state. Every state is a border state in that sense. It's not technically because states, not every state are on the U.S.-Mexico border. But I can tell you this, Chicago isn't. Chicago's a heck of a lot closer to the Canadian border. That's where Kamala Harris is. She got a piece of cake at the Brown Sugar Bakery in Chicago, which whatever, this is the kind of stuff politicians do. But you would think if you're in the midst of this level of crisis, that the person that you've put in charge of the border and dealing with what's going on there, the actual crisis, you think that she would at least make one trip, not any trip yet, not a single trip. Neither Biden nor Kamala Harris have made one trip to the border. Neither Biden nor Kamala Harris nor any of these other radical leftists have done a single other thing to fix the issue along the southern border in the slightest way, not even remotely close. In fact, if anything, they've made it worse. This is typical for both government and particularly for liberalism. When they are in control, situations get worse. Ronald Reagan, one of my favorite Reagan quotes is this. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Case in point, Exhibit A, what's happening along the southern border today. Kamala Harris having cake in Chicago, which is nowhere near the border. See, that's maybe something else. Maybe a lot of the voters for Kamala, take it easy, I'm just half joking on this, half, a lot of the voters for Kamala may not realize Chicago isn't a border city. Who knows? Anyway, i got to take a timeout. I'm just playing. But, you know, 
Folks, there is something else to be said about Rush used to say the low-information voter. Low-information voters are typically not principled conservatives because conservatism requires thought. Liberalism, on the other hand, requires emotion. I don't like that. Ah, government fix it. Government never fixes it. They tell you in the next ele- next election cycle how the you know what the reasons were that they didn't fix it. They needed more of your money. They needed more of your time, and they definitely needed your vote again. Yeah, okay, that's right. This person's saying the right thing. They go back to Washington. Nothing happens. Come back, still fighting the same battle that they've been supposedly fighting for. In some cases, decades. Biden's been in Washington D.C. for half a century, virtually. Why are we still not? You'd figure a cent- half a century of a guy in charge in places and you know being a senator. I mean, there's only a hundred senators. You know, you got a pretty powerful voice at that point. He's been vice president in the old Biden Obama administration. He's been president now. We're talking. We're talking a half century. In Washington, D.C., you figure something would get solved. You figured something would get better. But these guys running the show, it doesn't. Instead, they just use the words, which they often redefine, as we've talked about today, to make you think things that aren't true. They never get anything accomplished. Don't ever hold them accountable for their results because, well, the results never materialize. Absolutely never do. And they never will. Timeout's necessary. Come back and continue this conversation after the break. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, this program brought to you in part by our friends at Ward's Apparel. Words Apparel in Mooresville offers good quality clothing for both work and play at an affordable price to the community. Still family run and operated. I know John Ward, great guy, great family. Check him out, wards-apparel.com, wards-apparel.com, or visit them in Mooresville, conveniently located right next to Gray Brothers Cafeteria, so you can grab some lunch on the trip as well. What's another way that they're trying to deceive us or the left trying to deceive us or to miss – what I want to say? To redefine words. Well, how about this? Biden is set to announce executive orders today on guns. He's going to come out there with a pen just like Obama did, fix problems with a pen and maybe a cell phone. I don't even know if Biden needs a cell phone. Biden just needs a pen. He's going to go out there, sign a law, or not a law, an executive order, and it's going to fix all the problems, right? That's the way that this goes. But if you listen to this article or read this article in The Hill, this is what it says. Anti-gun violence advocates, including some who attended meetings with Biden officials, told The Hill in February that through executive order, Biden could eliminate ghost guns. You're going to hear this term uh, a little bit more frequently because they think this is what these executive orders are going to address. Ghost guns. Ghost guns um, is a term that refers to guns that are available to be purchased without a background check or possibly a serial number, and they just may not be completely finished. They may be missing a part or a couple of parts, so they're not – 
uh, they're, they're handled a little bit differently. So Biden is going to apparently, we think, or they think, I don't know, but it's being reported that this executive order may address the issue of ghost guns because, as this says here, Biden could eliminate ghost guns by defining what constitutes a gun. By defining what constitutes a gun. So again, changing definitions is central to what the radical left is trying to trying to accomplish today. What about this and the waning moments I have here today? PJ Media reports, and you've seen this maybe elsewhere, the Southern Poverty Law Center, a bunch of radicals, has now endorsed uh, – Democrats, I should say, has now endorsed one of their reports that says basically that some Christian and conservative organizations are predictably – and I mean the way that they do things. They've predict, predictably said that conservative groups and Christian groups are uh, hate groups, bigoted groups. Congress people out there saying it's time we extinguish all bigoted beliefs. And so, again, they've redefined what a hate group is, what bigotry is, and they've put some groups on there, groups that you've heard of in some cases, uh, some that clearly are hate groups like the KKK, but they put groups like, what is it, the American Family, uh, what's the name of that group? AFP, I think. No, family, yeah, AFP, ADF, and Family Research Council. Anyway. Got to go. But this is what they do. Redefining words is central to what the radical left wants to do, what they have to do. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I guess the lesson today is that words mean things and that we should not be led astray and deceived by those that want us to believe they mean something other than what they mean. Words mean things. This also means something. For those of you who have listened to this program for some time, you will remember Dot, who hasn't been on here for some time, and that's really probably my fault. Maybe his fault too. But Dot, who did our patented three and threes it's his birthday today j dot will be turning 43 today still the body of a 42 year old he swears to me i don't know if i believe that but anyway happy birthday to j dot and folks i gotta go music's telling me it's time to wrap up for the day thank you so much for listening have a wonderful day s d g c tomorrow take care